Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Jacqueline Witt, Professor of Strategy here at the U.S. Army War College and the War Room podcast editor. We're back in the studio today with another distinguished guest to the U.S. Army War College to continue our series on perspectives on senior leadership. And today I'm very pleased to have as my guest, Lieutenant General Wayne Eyre of the Canadian Armed Forces. He was commissioned in 1988 and has served in a variety of command positions in Canada, with NATO, and the United Nations. He is a 2012 graduate of the U.S. Army War College and is currently the appointed Deputy Commander of the United Nations Command, Korea. He is the first non-U.S. general officer to hold the position in its 68-year existence. So welcome to the War Room. Jacqueline, thank you very much. It's absolutely fantastic to, to be back here in uh, in Carlisle. I have so many fond memories of this place, and uh, it has set me up very, very well for the subsequent years of, of service. Good. So I'm looking forward. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, as we as we go. I'd like to ask you first to tell us a little bit about the strategic leaders, uh, either military or civilian, from wherever they are, contemporary or historical, that you admire the most. Who do you look up to? Well, there's, uh, there's been a number of strategic leaders in my own service that I've learned a tremendous amount from. Uh, ones who've been able to navigate the political-military divide to, as we say in, uh, in Ottawa, to be able to work the town with, uh, with other departments and, and get things done through the often cumbersome bureaucracy. Um, in terms of historical strategic leaders, there's a number that... Uh, I, uh, I admire and have, uh, have studied and uh, I, I hold up there as examples of, uh, of ones to follow. Um, one of my favorite is uh, Field Marshal Slim uh, from the, uh, the Burma Theater in World War II. Now it's arguable whether he was operating at the strategic or operational level, uh, but regardless, uh, the traits, the leadership traits that uh, he he showed are applicable at all levels. Uh, his ability to handle failure, uh, to learn from it, uh, to turn an organization around, give it uh, incremental success, and then lead it to victory was, was absolutely tremendous. And in fact, the, uh, the title of his uh, autobiography, autobiography uh, Victory from Defeat, really ec- explains right. that. Um, and it was that, uh, that common touch he had with his subordinates as well, uh, being able to lead across cultures, uh, picking up a few uh, words in, in the multitude of, of languages uh, from the different, uh, different cultures and, and groups that were working for him, um, coupled with his ability to have an honest self-assessment, to, to recognize his failures and and be honest about them and uh, and learn from them that really sets him apart. Can you, I think the, the China-Burma-India theater is not one that a lot of uh, Americans are terribly familiar with. I'm interested in how how you sort of came across Field Marshal Slim and, and how how you've learned about um, what, he, what he did as a leader and, and how that um, sort of developed for you. Well, one of... Uh, one of my mentors in the past recommended uh, his uh, his book to me, and of course, reading his book, 
It's, uh, in my view, one of the best autobiographies out there by a, a military commander in terms of being that honest uh, assessment. Um, so that's where I've, I became uh, very interested in, uh, in his career and his leadership approach. Um, indeed, I consider him to be one of the great captains of uh, history. Excellent. I would like to. We. I'll have to. I'll have to add that to my to my own reading list um, because it's it's a it's a person that I don't I don't know much about. So I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe one that you do know more about is uh, Eisenhower. So he is another one of my uh, uh, my favorite strategic leaders. And the reason I, I put him up there is his ability to build and hold together coalitions in very difficult circumstances. And again, it's that ability to bridge the uh, civil-military divide um, during some very difficult uh, and, and politically charged uh, situations and, uh, and achieve success. Sure. Now, he showed himself to be a lifelong learner, uh, continually improving himself, uh, and, um, and recognized the value of personal professional development. So again, he is, uh, he is one to emulate. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of different models of leadership and things to learn from from all over. Um, as you think about what you've done since you've left the War College, as you think about the people you've worked with, um, I'd like to ask you to think about kernels, uh, which is where most of our students are right now. What do you think it is that separates the very best kernels from the ones who are good at their jobs but sort of just okay or average? Well, there's a number of things that uh, I look for. Um, One of them is character. And in character, it's being self-aware of of your character, self-aware of the impact that your comments, your personality, your decisions have on others. Um, And having a, developing a climate where subordinates are not hesitant to bring things up to you uh, to make sure that you stay on track. Every time that we have, um, as we um, go up the ranks, any character flaws that we have become magnified uh, across the organization. In in fact, one of your uh, U.S. uh, great generals, uh, Vinegar Joe Stilwell, uh, said that the higher the monkey climbs up the pole, the more you see of its behind. And that is certainly true of, of any rank. Um, Another characteristic that I look for is entrepreneurship. And I I view that as the the willingness to try new things, um, to experiment, and not being afraid to fail. I'm not talking about catastrophic failure here. I'm talking about uh, uh, changes in the way of doing business. And if there is a failure, uh, to learn from it. Um, Too often... Uh, in the military, we become very risk adverse, and we need more that are willing to to, to take calculated risk. Um, somewhat coupled from that is uh, is the ability to learn, uh, to be uh, self motivated in making time for that personal professional development, uh, and to set the example for subordinates to learn something new every day. I, I like to say that a day in the Army where you don't learn something new is a day wasted. And, and colonels who, who live that mantra uh, really have my respect. Um, I'm keen on colonels that can build teams, uh, broad teams across multiple organizations. Um, that often requires them to 
work outside of their comfort zone, uh, especially when you're talking interdepartmental with uh, other government or organizations or across cultures. Uh, but those kernels that can really um, breach the intercultural barriers uh, that organizations or, or nations may have, uh, again, have are, are the type that I'm looking for. It doesn't get any easier as, as you go up the ranks and uh, the situations become, um, or the problems become more wicked and, and more complex. So those kernels that are comfortable in ambiguity, operating in ambiguity and uncertainty, that's a good characteristic as well. But at the same time, as they operate in that type of environment, they have to be able to create clarity uh, for their subordinates, to be able to right. give uh, uh, guidance to, to actually get things done. And, uh, and speaking of getting things done, um, there's, uh, there's two types of, of kernels I like to work with. You know, one are the visionaries and the other are the closer, closers. Mm -hmm. The visionaries have the big ideas um, and the closers are the ones that uh, can operationalize those big ideas and get things done. If you can, if you can combine the two uh, competencies in one individual, all the better. But when you're building teams, if you have a combination of those two, you need both. Right? Yeah, you, you you need both. But the ability to close on a problem to deliver results at the end of the sure. day has to be done. Yeah, and recognizing that sometimes those may may be in different people, and that that's a, that's okay, and you mm -hmm. need both kinds. Um, a couple of times you've talked about self awareness um, as a as a key sort of trait for both um, leaders you admire and for for colonels you'd like to work with. Do you think that, th is that something that can be developed? Is that something that people can learn? It takes a lot of effort and you got to step outside of your comfort zone and you've got to do everything you can to create a climate uh, that if you are having a negative impact, somebody in the organization will, will speak up. Um, for me, I have found uh, the senior uh, enlisted advisor um, in Army terms, your, your command sergeant major, to often be the best voice of, of that, your trusted confidant. Uh, but it can be others, others that you've served with previously in, the or in other organizations who you've got a, a, a good sound relationship with that are not afraid uh, to, uh, uh, to speak out. If the emperor is wearing no clothes, uh, let's hope, hope hopefully somebody, somebody speaks it. up and, uh, and tells them. Good. Um, I'd like for you to think now about a tough strategic level issue that you have dealt with, and, and you can tell us whatever specifics you'd like, but um, can you help us, our listeners, understand how you approached the strategic level problem um, that, you might, that you might face in your day-to-day -day job? Well, as I, as I mentioned, the problems don't get any easier as you go up the ranks. In my previous job as the Deputy Commander of Military Personnel Command, basically the Deputy uh, J-1 uh, for our military dealing with uh, strategic human resource issues was, was every day was like that, and dealing with different departments with very, very different views on, on the issues as we try to, try to accomplish uh, government objectives. Um, but the one specifically that I'll talk about is what I'm doing now as the Deputy Commander of United Nations Command in, in Korea. So as we attempt to revitalize United Nations Command, which has atrophied o over the years, we are in essence rebuilding a command um, that has be become subsumed. While at the same time, with the incredible changes going on with the geopolitical situation in, in Korea, the sand is uh, shifting under our feet. 
Um, and so in this situation, there are many stakeholders with, with conflicting views as to uh, how we should, uh, should advance. And so what I have found and what I'm trying to do in this current job is, is socialize widely the ideas uh, for advancing the command, developing a, a, a series of discussion papers and getting buy-in from the various uh, stakeholders to, uh, to be able to, uh, to advance the commander's intent. Now, you're not always going to be able to keep everybody happy, but as long as everybody feels like they're inside the tent and part of the solution, uh, the more likely you are going to uh, uh, be able to achieve success. Um, you know, at the same time, you've got to be agile. And I define agility as the ability to rapidly adapt to changing circumstances. So you've got to keep your eye on, on what's happening uh, in the world around you and to be able to, to, to uh, determine if your own approach needs to change. Great. I think that's really helpful advice for, for almost any strategic level problem, right? Building teams, getting buy-in, making sure people feel part of the solution. Um, even like you said, even if not everybody's going to be perfectly happy with what that solution looks like. Um, I'd like for you now to think about um, a bad day. Um, so maybe the, the, the worst day that you can remember in your in your time as a senior strategic leader at the at the strategic level um what does a bad day look like for you well wearing the uniform uh, the worst day you can have is always when you lose uh, somebody under your command um the the grief the emotions uh, are, are part of it but also analyzing the situation reflecting on it reflecting what you could have done differently uh, what you could have done differently institutionally to ensure that those uh, uh, young men and women that you've lost uh, were set up for success. Um, you know, I think back uh, 2007 in Afghanistan, in one incident, as I, I was a battalion commander, I lost uh, seven in, or six in, in one IED strike uh, from the same platoon where three weeks, two weeks earlier, they'd lost uh, three. And I sat down with the company leadership uh, that uh, that evening as they were beating themselves up, uh, reflecting on what had happened. And I, I told them at that point, you can make every right decision in the book uh, based on the information you know at the time, uh, but bad things are going to happen and the enemy gets a vote. And that happens at the strategic level as well. Um, so, so the worst day uh, one could have is, again, right. losing somebody under your command. Sure. What, what would you advise or what do you do um, when things like that happen when you lose someone under your command when you when it's a when it's a bad day by sort of any measure um, what are the what are the tools or the things that you have sort of at your disposal to help you manage that that problem In my experience it's easier if you can talk to somebody about it uh, a, a trusted confidant uh, a peer um, or even a subordinate um, who you can you can sit down and reflect uh, as a group uh, on what happened. Um, you know, share the pain, I I if you will, uh, but also talk it through. Sure. Uh, don't keep it bottled up inside. Um, um, share your ideas. Uh, share the, uh, uh, the thoughts uh, that are ongoing. Um, and then come up with the next mm -hmm. steps. And it sounds like to process both the emotions that come with, with that, but also to think about 
what to do in the future, what might need to change, what could change, and also to think about what what wouldn't have made a difference as well, what's what's correct and what needs to stay the same. No, absolutely, and in times like that, it's very hard to separate the emotional from the rational. Sure. And, and talking about it uh, certainly helps. Absolutely. So if we think on the on the flip side of that question, what is a what does a great day for you look like as a strategic leader? Well, most days are great days. That's good to hear. <laughs> because every day you're learning something new. And as I mentioned, uh, learning something new every day is it should be an aim for everybody. Um, seeing success in others uh, is uh, is great. Uh, it make, makes for a great day, whether it be promotions or or, or recognition. Um, making tangible differences. You know, quite often at the strategic level, um, projects move at the uh, at a glacial, glacial. pace. <laughs> um, but if you can see something come to fruition where you make positive changes, uh, that is fantastic. You know, my previous job, one that we'd worked for months and months, was to get through a new suite of benefits for uh, personnel relocation. Seeing that come through, seeing that approved, uh, that was victory. That was a good day. Excellent. Great. Could you reflect a little bit? Um, you graduated from the War College uh, a handful of years ago now. Um, in the intervening years, have has your War College year been useful to you? My year here at the War College was a, a, a tremendous year and has paid huge dividends. And probably the most important was the relationships that I, I built during my time here. I've had the great fortune of spending a lot of time on, uh, on duty with the uh, U.S. forces on, on, on NATO duty and now over in, uh, in Korea. And everywhere I turn, I have run into War College classmates, uh, which has made the network of getting things done uh, very, very easy. E even in Korea now, I have a, a number of uh, War College classmates to turn to, uh, seminar mates to, uh, to turn to as well. Um, so from that perspective, it's fantastic. That's fantastic. Was that surprising to you at all, or is that sort of what you imagined and expected? It was surprising uh, just to see how small the world is. Sure. I, I came here uh, with the intent of building as big a network as, as I could um, and sit down and, and talk and get to know my classmates to, to the greatest degree possible. And that has, over the years, paid great dividends. Great. That's good to hear. I'm always surprised. I've worked for the... Army and DOD for about 10 years now, and I'm always surprised at how small the, the world is. I'm constantly running into people, um, and that's not even, and I, my experience has been pretty limited to a, to a few places, and there are people who are constantly sort of in and out in interesting ways. Um, I'd like to end with a quick discussion about how you, as a senior leader, someone who is obviously busy, who has lots of demands, um, how you manage your sort of time and calendar. You've talked a couple times again about learning every day, self-development, professional development. And this is something that leaders at, I think, many levels struggle with, and, and it probably gets more difficult as the as rank uh, gets higher, as, as responsibilities go up. Can you talk a little bit about your own, um, again, your own sort of time management, personal development? What do you do to make sure that you are learning something every day and that you're maintaining the professional um, sort of knowledge and networks that you need? Well, I think first and foremost, you need to look after yourself um, to ensure that you've got the creative skills and the productivity 
um, and the cognitive ability protected. And, and that takes discipline in terms of sleep, um, you know, getting the seven or eight hours of sleep a night that an adult needs, um, doing your daily physical activity. There's, there's great studies out there as to what daily physical activity does for, uh, for the brain um, in terms of your, uh, your, your memory, your ability to withstand stress, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, nutrition, that's yeah, it's very important. Um, building in time to reflect into your schedule is very, very important as a senior leader. Instead of going from meeting to meeting to meeting, where all you are doing is being on, on receive and not having a time to put the thought into a lot of the decisions that are happening, that's not doing anyone any favors. Uh, so, so being uh, quite strict with your personal staff in, in building that time in. Um, likewise with building in time for, for reading and, and that uh, personal professional development. I tend to do that in, in the evening, um, but there's other ways of finding uh, time to do it as well. Uh, podcasts or, or listening to audio recordings uh, when you're doing other uh, activities, you know, physical training sure. or, or driving long distances. Uh, that's a way of doing it. I um, listen to books while I cook dinner. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great example. <laughs> Uh, one of the uh, one of the things that I picked up here was journaling, you know, sitting down and collecting your thoughts and putting pen to paper. Um, I admit that I have not been terribly disciplined at this over the years. It's been episodic, um, but when I have uh, been able to do it, uh, it has been it has been very very useful to recognize your thoughts, uh, recognize your ideas, um, and, and and capture them. Um, as a senior leader, you can also do some things to discipline your own organization uh, to ensure their productivity, creativity, getting a, a workable um, or practical work-life balance in, in place for your organization should be a priority. You know, one of the things, one of my, one of my bugbears is email um, and putting some discipline on that is, is important because we have too much of it and a lot of it is uh, of limited utility. You know, putting email rules of engagement in place is something I've mm -hmm. done in a, a number of organizations. Uh, no email before six or after 1800 or on weekends, unless it's uh, operationally important, going to affect the next day's operations. I've had uh, spouses come up and give me big hugs <laughs> uh, b because of that. I think, you'd, uh, I think you'd get lots of um, applause and kudos for that sort yeah, of Yeah, but, but different ideas like that are, are very important. Sure. I, I really appreciate those sort of practical um, tips as well. I'd like to put you on the spot for the sort of last question, which is um, two things. So what are you reading right now? And then the second one is what have you, what have you learned in the last week? Uh, so what I'm reading right now is uh, Barbara Tuchman's book on Stillwell in, uh, in China and how that affected uh, U.S. policy towards China. Um, you know, very interesting, about 100 pages Great. into it right now. What I learned over the last week, um, I've learned a little bit about uh, strategic messaging um, in terms of uh, delivering messages on behalf of the uh, commander of, uh, of UNC cross-culturally to uh, some of our ROC partners and their willingness to accept those, uh, those messages depending on the source. Uh, so that was a good, uh, a good learning point for me. Excellent. 
Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I've got a couple of books to add to my own reading list, and I appreciate that. Um, looking forward to, to hearing what you have to say this afternoon. And again, thank you so much for your time taking. I know it's a long trip uh, from from Korea to come. Anything else you'd like to No, it's an absolute pleasure with? to be here, and, uh, and thank you for the ability to, uh, the opportunity to uh, contribute. Great, happy to do it. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.